The Way 101.1. Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars, and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. When our government installs kiosks to help you continue in sin, we know the end has to be near. China wants to get in on the new world order. We'll see if they do get in. How did 94% of people studied get metal in their bodies? We think you know the answer. And the body of Christ is shrinking. We'll discuss the study and why we need to never stop studying the Bible. That's just some of what we'll discuss as we look at the signs of the times. Our weekly review of Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday, September 16th, 2022. Now here's the findings from another study. 100% of people who subscribe to our podcast through Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google are far more happier and well-adjusted <laughs> to end times events. <laughs> or consider the added blessing of watching episode 233 directly on the WayMedia app or hit us up at thewaymedia.net where you can also read the articles from the show or ask Pastor Mark your most pressing prophecy question. And now, here to tell us why the world smells so bad is Pastor Mark, who loves to tell me fun facts. Today, he informed me that Australia's biggest export is boomerangs, and it's also their biggest import. That's cute. (laughs) I told you you were going to have to fake it. No, yeah. If they throw them by hand, but I mean, how else would you? The boat. Every time they send the boat, it turns yes. around and comes back. And the whole boat that's, turns around and comes back. That's all I love and, it. And yeah, that was that was crashes than, into the harbor. I was expecting worse. That wasn't that wasn't okay. Horrible. Well, yeah. Listen, it's <laughs> that's how we keep our we keep from getting depressed is yes. we set our expectations properly. There you go. So if you set always expect my jokes to be worse than what they are, you're always going to be happy. I love it. I love it. You're that's always going to be happy. That's great. All right. We've got lots of articles to get to, so let's go ahead and do that. All right, uh, we'll start with America. We have no Israel news today, but we might talk about Israel uh, later on in the program, if time allows. Uh, This is from The Blaze. The Biden administration is allotting billions to install what they call harm reduction kiosks Full of drug supplies in rural Kentucky. Unbelievable. You know, it's unbelievable. Greg, if this is the kind of thing where the mindset is just give them what they want, they're going to do it anyway, so go ahead and give it to them. And this is a bad parenting approach, and it's a bad governmental approach. You don't give somebody something that's wrong or bad for them because you think they're going to do it anyway. You still say no, and you block it. And if they do it, they do it. But listen to what it says, and then we'll talk about this yeah. in a lot of uh, prophecy. The National Institutes of Health, a public health bureaucracy that still employs Dr. Uh, Anthony Fauci, Mm -hmm. 
has recently announced that it has approved a grant to outfit areas of rural Appalachia in Kentucky with harm reduction. Look how they name these things. They always name things. Uh, yes, exactly. I mean, it's like it's so blatantly wrong. It's I like mean, Inflation Reduction Act. Inflation Reduction Act makes inflation go up. It's like when, yes. the, when, when the whole... Um, the affordable Care Act. Affordable Care Act. is it, not it affordable. It got so expensive, we had to drop our insurance. I mean, it's the opposite of everything they say. And now they call this the harm reduction. No, this will be the harm induction. This will be the harm... Adding to whatever kiosk that will provide drug users with easy access to drug paraphernalia without the stigma of speaking of speaking to a human being. In other words, you don't have to feel convicted because you know you're in sin and doing wrong, so you can avoid that. It's ridiculous. He says in its announcement for the program, the NIH applauded the efforts of Kentucky leaders to open syringe service programs, let them take their drugs, their heroin, whatever, in various counties throughout the state. However, it claims that nearly half of all the people who inject themselves with street drugs have not used these resources. It's like, come on, guys. We gave you everything you need to be a junkie. Get going. What are you doing? What's more, the NIH claims the most common reason these drug users give for not using these resources is a fear of stigma. You know, we don't want to be convicted of our sin. To eliminate that fear while still providing the uh, uh, accruements of the drug use, the NIH will install kiosks containing injection equipment, uh, naloxone, fentanyl test strips, hygiene kits, condoms, and other supplies. By the way, Noxalone is sold under the brand name Narcan. It's for overdoses yeah. uh, used for opioid overdose. The NIH also claims that the kiosk will offer an innovative callback feature for facilitated referral to needed services by trained recovery coaches. You, you ever, we're doing this. Look how they make it sound. We're giving you all the drugs you need, and we'll give you a recovery coach. Like somehow we're helping you. No, we're destroying you. Though it is unclear what the callback feature is, uh, or how it will. Maybe it's the boomerang thing we talked about, or how it will help the, uh, connect kiosk patrons with trained recovery coaches. Now, Greg, there's so much in this. A couple of things I want to say. Number one, it is the governmental corruption of mankind. It's the governmental corruption of our nation. And we talked here about um, in the last days. The Bible says that. God will be judging because people will be promoting pharmacia or drug abuse. Uh, Revelation 9.21, they did not repent of their murders or their pharmacia or their sexual immorality or their thefts. And so we see that we're going to see an increase in drug abuse and in drug prescription and in drug pushing in the last days. Who would have thought it would have been our government, but God yeah. told us it would be. Well, in Revelation 18.23, goes yep. on to talk about the nations being deceived through, through pharmacia. That. That's right. But is this also not an indication, Pastor Mark, of another end times prophetic fulfillment? And, and you know, and so many of these prophecies, with the exception of the rapture, right? Um, the Antichrist standing up in the Temple Mount, declaring himself. I'm talking about things in the Bible that are singular events, but a lot of prophecy is kind of like this matriculation. You're right. It just continues on and it builds steam. Right. Jesus himself talked about a lot of those things in Matthew That's 24. Right. But wouldn't this also, the story also be an indication of lawlessness abounding when our own government is helping to facilitate things that are illegal to do? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it, Greg. It's yeah. not only lawlessness in man's eyes, it's lawlessness in God's eyes against yeah. the law of God. Yeah. So that's a great point to bring up. It is also there. And there's, a, there's another reason, another thing I want to mention here that our, make our listeners aware of. Interesting is the NIH, they work with the World Economic Forum and um, as well as the WHO and all these different guys. Um, what's interesting about that is, if you remember, Greg, when we talked in one of our recent uh, podcasts and shows, 
We talked about uh, Noval Yuval Harari, um, or Yuval Noah Harari, sorry, who um, was talking about, okay, we have a lot of useless eaters. That is, we have people that really don't have the intelligence or the money or the ability to be really worth being here, so we just need to kill them off. And that's basically what he was saying, and that was, that's part of the, one of the goals of the World Economic Forum. Reduce world population and kill off the undesirables and those that really can't yeah. happen anyway. But, but, but they asked him, they said, until they all die off, until it really happens and you get rid of them, what happens if, if you take over with all this data information and you have the elites and the people that are smart running the world, what do you do with all the millions and billions of people that don't, can't be a part of that because they're too dumb or whatever, this kind of thing? That's basically what they were saying. And he said, well, my best answer would be drugs and video games. And he was serious. It wasn't a joke. He really said it. Now it's interesting to me to see the NIH connected to all of this now helping and promoting drug use, which also would explain why we're allowing all this fentanyl and these other drugs to come across the border. Because, Greg, these world leaders behind the scenes, it is their desire to get everyone drugged up and, in, and on, these, on these drugs. Again, I want to just remind our listeners, again, this is not um, a conspiracy. This is Bible. Uh, you know, we're going to talk, you know, we've talked about it before. When you hear us talk about these things, what we talk about on the show is, is biblical. We're not talking about flying saucers and Bigfoot. Okay? We're talking about... Uh, the Bible says in the last days, the world leaders of the earth will put a conspiracy together to fight against God and his son, his anointed. And in so doing, they're going to be fighting against the church. They're going to be fighting against mankind. There's going to be a lot of things going on. So uh, this is a spiritual battle. It is part of the plan that Satan is working through these guys. And it's just unbelievable that we just allow this and there is an outrage. Hopefully there is outrage. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm outraged over it. I hope that others are. And I hope that people, you know, basically in Kentucky is that's where they need to stand up and say, we're not going to let this happen. And so sorry, it's not going to take place, but they're ruining people's lives and they're doing it intentionally. It drives me crazy. You know, what's interesting when you look at the, um, YouTube, uh, statistics, uh, for YouTube channels and, the most popular YouTube channels out there. Right. Several of them that are like in the top 10 or top 20 are YouTube channels that are devoted to video games. And it's, it's video games in this sense. It's YouTube channels of people playing video games and people log in or watch these YouTube streams to watch people play wow. video games it's like a football game or something or a you know exactly they're watching other people do, do the event exactly and that's how popular video games are globally yeah, yeah. not just in the u.s and again we, everything in prophecy is global it's not yeah. you know regional it's mind-blowing yeah the number of people that are actually watching people play video games and when we were kids and we played video games i mean what did we we wanted to play the game we didn't want to watch someone play it's like give me the controller let me do this right right. yes yeah you're exactly right and and again you know it's interesting greg it kind of goes back to they're they're making it an all immersive thing to try to subdue people into this different world that's what the metaverse is all about yeah send them into an artificial world let them live in the artificial world and then they don't need the real world and we the elites can can run the real world let these no the people that are useless eaters go there and then we'll just slowly kill them off I mean, it's horrible what's it going horrible. on. Truly demonic. But again, they're, they're out in the open about it. They're not hiding it. It's the shocking thing to me. And that people just march right along like, like, you know, um, you know, being led to slaughter. As they Lemmings. Say. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're amazing. A- amazing. All right. Let's get to some one world government news. Yes. There we go. Yes. <laughs> 
Do you have a mask over there or something? No, I you don't. You know, that's what we need to do. Yes. We need, we need to find someone, actually, that has the Darth Vader mask. And bring it. And bring it. Yes, yes, yes. This is a call to you Signs of the Times listeners, <laughs> viewers. Uh, we know you're out there. That's right. And we know some of you are probably harboring many masks from all Star Wars characters. <laughs> but we specifically would like Darth Vader. That's funny. Uh, for this article, Fox News, China says it will work with Russia. To create a new international order. Yes, and let the games begin. Actually, they've already begun, Greg. We've talked about this. As you know, I've said this. I've laid it out. I'm watching it happen. There are two main worldviews right now forming, and they're at battle. And that is the East versus the West. Quite literally. You couldn't line it up better. Let me read this, and we'll talk about it. A top Chinese official said that this country will continue its partnership with Russia in the hopes of creating a new international order. And see, everyone says the new world order. There come. There's the new international order that will rival Western influence. The Chinese side is willing to work with the Russian side to continuously implement high-level strategic cooperation between the two countries, safeguard common interests, and promote the development of international order. And it talks about they're working with natural gas together. Uh, they're building a massive $55 billion pipeline called the Power of Siberia, delivering gas from Siberia to Shanghai. Um, and again, um, it's, it's part of this whole Russia's secret plan, they say, to defeat America. Major development of strategic importance as Putin is pivoting Asia in a big way. The Kremlin has concluded that Russia and U.S. relations are irreparable and that the U.S. and Western sanctions are here to stay indefinitely. So they're just saying, look, we're, we're, we're done with you guys. We can't work with you. We're starting our own new thing. There is a major world shift happening right now, Greg, in many ways. We, we're, we're watching this end-time scenario fall into place, and Satan is on the move. And so far, God's allowing him. We'll see whether or not there's going to be a reprieve or how we're going to keep moving forward. But when I say East versus West, the, the West has been working on this new world order for many years. They've got a plan in place. They're moving forward with the World Economic Forum and other things to develop this Western world order that we just talked about. Um, and Russia's going, no, you know what? We don't want to be a part of that. And China's going, wait a minute. No, we want to rule the world. So you've got China and Russia saying, we want to rule the world. You guys want to rule the world. China's massive. Russia's, you know, a big place generally. But you got the two, two large countries together saying, we're going to develop and make our own thing. And so we do see China on the rise uh, economically, although they're having some struggles now, but overall economically, militarily, and every other way. And so it's interesting to watch this happen. But now this is going to come to a head, and Russia and China are going to lose. How do I know that? The Bible says that it will be the Western mindset that's going to win because it's going to be the revived Roman Empire with the Antichrist rising up out of Europe. So you're going to see the West take over and China and Russia fade away. I say fade away. They're going to be subdued. They're going to be there. And I believe we see uh, in Revelation, even though the West will take over the world, I do believe we see in Revelation um, you're going to see China coming back in at the very end, uh, trying to come in and, and, and put a stop to everything and, and, again, take power. It's not going to work. But this is very interesting to watch these um, these world systems develop. And I'm glad to know how it's going to end up because, actually, I – I mean, how, they're both horrible. I mean, you, you look, would you rather be under the control of China and Russia, or would you rather be under the control of the Antichrist and the revived Roman Empire? Well, it describes the Antichrist and revived Roman Empire as a, as the worst 
empire in world history. I'm an iron beast that just tramples everything in its path and crushes everything. So um, neither one's a good choice. But believe it or not, it looks better on paper, the revived Roman Empire, because you think Europe. But in reality, it's going to be worse. So uh, interesting to keep your eye on. Watch this develop. I think that probably, Greg, my guess would be the downfall of this Russia-China alliance is going to be when Russia goes down in that battle with Israel. When they try to yeah. attack Israel and God takes them out, I think Russia will be so decimated. I think China will be so shocked that everybody's going to back up and kind of you know pull back in their hole for a little while and say, what do we do? And the Antichrist is going to move forward. He'll establish that world system. Yeah. Well, and also, too, you know, I think from an economic standpoint, too, I think the economies of the world will uh, continue to decline. Yeah. Is part of the necessity in creating a one world government. Yeah. So, you know, maybe by that time, maybe <clears throat> the resources really aren't there for them yeah. to consider, or they're so caught up in their own issues. Yeah. You're right. You know, later right. on, maybe yeah. right now they're, you know, they're beating their chest and, yeah. you know, we're going to, we're going to join forces and, Get yeah. it on the ground floor of the one world order. You're right, because we don't yeah. know how long it's really going to be. But I will say this. I saw it again today. We're sending billions more to Ukraine. And, and in addition to that, billions more since the last time we had a show. There's another 600 million that got added into the billions. Here's the point. You're watching this. Right now, what's happening is the, the wealth of America is being shifted overseas. Be watching this. It's not all going to Ukraine for warfare. It's, it, there's there's a massive there, all this money, Greg, that we put these billions or these trillions that we put into all the COVID stuff and all this that happened in the government recently. A lot of that's missing. And they say they don't know where it is. Well, I think, and you you watch the money trail. It would appear this stuff is being sent over to Europe as well as arms sent to Europe, which is answering a question for me. And we've talked about it before on the show. I've always wondered, how will the Antichrist get the weaponry and the money to run the world? Because it's all here in America. And now we see, not all of it, but the major portion. Now we're seeing America's uh, weaponry being shifted over, such as the billions that were left over there in Ukraine and being scattered out everywhere, and other that we're sending money over for. And then the finances we're sending over. I think that right now Satan is building the armory and the finances of the Antichrist so that when it's time, it's going to be there. Yes, I agree. All right. Let's um, get to the next section of our program. Pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. Yeah. Oh, boy. Okay, our first one uh, is talking about a peer-reviewed study from Italy. Yeah. Finding metal... Okay, when we think about metal in our bodies, we think maybe in a granular sense or whatever. I don't, you know, I don't know. And the title of this article says... Finding metal-like objects. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds bigger than it, like it is specs. Larger, yes. In ninety-four percent of individuals with reported mRNA vaccine side effects. Yeah, and another peer-reviewed study just came out recently from John Hopkins. You know, Greg, they're finding. I, I think it was John Hopkins. Let me just say another peer-reviewed study. I, I want to read this one, but in addition, they were finding graphene and even radioactive materials and everything in, in these. Wow. Excuse me, in those that just so garbage. There's, there's a lot of questions going on. Let me read some of this. Yeah. And you, you already said it. The main thing: ninety-four percent of people who uh, experience side effects they found from these mRNA vaccines. Um, you know, after a, a month or so after this, their vaccinate or their shot, if you will, have these metals in them. This, this study was published in August of 2022 in the Open Access Peer Reviewed Journal. Starting in March 2021, three Italian surgeons analyzed peripheral blood. 
using a single drop from each of 1,006 symptomatic participants. So the people that were sick, they took one drop of blood, and they had at least one mRNA injection from Pfizer or Moderna. According to the study, out of all those, there were 948 of them, 94%, whose blood showed an aggregation of erythrocytes and the presence of particles of various shapes and sizes of unclear origin from the mRNA inoculation. Now, urethocytes is, is just, it's also, it's, it's red blood cells that contain the protein called hemoglobin, which carries oxygen from the lungs to the parts of the body. So it's basically that mechanism that carries everything out to your body. And they found in that, uh, the, these metals. Uh, it goes on, it says, and I quote, in 12 subjects, blood was examined with the same method before the shot, showing a perfectly normal hematological distribution. The alterations found after the inoculation of the mRNA injections further reinforced the suspicion that the modifications were due to the so-called shots themselves. We reported uh, four clinical cases chosen as representative of the entire case series. Further studies are needed to define the exact nature of the particles found in the blood and to identify the possible solutions to the problems. They go on. Now, again, this is not the only group finding these, Greg. They're finding, uh, like I said, graphene. They're finding different, all these different metals. Um, and even radioactive material in these. And so it's very bizarre. You, know, you wonder, is it simply major contamination in China from them not really protecting their products, or is this intentional? And quite honestly, it's now so broad spread, and finding it in, in multiple studies, it appears to be intentional. We don't know what the purpose was. Maybe they were thinking, hey, these metals will help distribute the vaccine throughout the body. There may be some medical uh, thought-through process they were thinking. I don't know. But the bottom line is, we're finding these metals in the blood, and we're seeing the results of it. You know, I, I, um, I, what drives me crazy, Greg, is our kids and our teenagers getting these shots there's no need for it. There's no need for our kids to have these. They're not in danger. And now we're watching a lot of teens. I, most every day, I saw another one today. Another 17-year-old had a heart attack. I'm watching this almost every day. I'm seeing teenagers or people between teens and 30s dying of heart attacks or either having heart attacks and all these other things happening. And nothing has changed in our life's equation other than this shot campaign. It concerns me. You know, we've we've talked about this before. And... This is in relation to the spirit of Antichrist, and we know that he was a main player there in World War II with Hitler. And we know that Hitler conducted a lot of experiments what he did. on the Jews. You're exactly right. I, I, I'm, I'm afraid that the same spirit of Antichrist that's been behind yeah. this move of the shot that's what came to mind when you were talking about experimenting. Well, I know what's happening now, Greg. There are so many people dying, and there's so many side effects that now you can't hide it. Denmark, just this week, they outlawed the shot. For anybody 50 and under, they, you're not allowed to have it. Uh, 15 and under or 50? 50, 50, 50, wow. 5-0 and under. They said, we'll still keep the door open. Uh, I believe it was Denmark. Again, I'm going off memory, but I know it's f- sure. for a fact. It was f- yeah. 50 and under, and this happened. So go go out there and check my work. I know you guys will out there listening online. I'm going yeah. by memory. Wow. But either way, 50 and under, Greg. And what they're saying is, you know, p- p- people are wondering, why are you letting 50 and over? Again, they're trying to keep those, they say, that are in the highest age rate that uh, died the most. Yeah. So that if they can give them any help or whatever. But they said, look, this is causing too much damage. We have to do away with it. Another report was just released. Um, Israel apparently early on knew about the high casualty 
results they were having, and they they hit it. They didn't say anything, and now the video of that meeting is now is coming out. Wow! So, so what's happening is here's what's happening. It's causing great harm in 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 a lot of areas, and it's now coming out so much that you can't hide it anymore. Nobody can can use the phraseology safe and effective because they realize it's neither. It's neither safe nor is it effective. As even its efficacy, pretty much after a month or so, um, it's just yeah. gone. It doesn't do anything, and all it's doing is causing all these medical problems. So again, I, I want to encourage our listeners right now. Each time I say this. Um, not to panic if you've if you've had the shot. That's not my point in saying this. My encouragement is we're seeing the greatest damage. They're seeing the greatest damage from multiple shots. So if you've had it, you know, you've done that. Just stop. Don't do any more. Um, it's it's becoming pretty clear now and getting pretty evident. There's an issue going on, and now even on national levels, people are starting to make stands as nations, yeah. such as I believe it was Denmark took that stand now. So yeah. yeah. All right. Our next article, Pastor Mark, comes from uh, Breitbart.com. Wells Fargo. Citibank, Target, Hewlett-Packard to sponsor child drag events. Yeah, yeah, um, amazing. Um, you can bank on us. You know, I, I just, I don't even know what to say. First of all, let me say this. Well, I, there's there's somebody that's involved in this that's a key player. Yeah. But anyway. Well, here, before I even read this, Greg, yeah. let me say this. One of Satan's tactics throughout history is to desensitize. And what I mean by that is he gets you used to stuff that's lesser and then works into the greater. So by the time you get to the really bad stuff, you're so numb to it, it doesn't seem so bad. Again, think back when you were a kid. It's like the first time you snuck and did something wrong, you really you were scared about it. It made you nervous. But the more you did something wrong over time, the less nervous you became. And if that carried on through your life, you got older. Um, you know, you could be you know somebody that's a, a, an alcoholic or involved in drugs or whatever, and it d- doesn't even bother you. The conscience gets so seared. It's a desensitization. And so the the fact they've been presenting this stuff as normal i mean taking it to libraries first for years now then presenting it in the public i can't believe anybody believe it. Now, and children this is so absurd let me read some of this the boise pride festival will have an event called drag kids on stage um it says the description reads you have watched the queens and kings now it's time to see the kids unbelievable this you know again i, I i'm going to keep saying that verse greg till i die better a millstone hung around your neck than you cause little one one of these little ones who believes in me to stumble. Yes. And by the way all children start out believing in god they have to learn not to it goes on to call the performances a drag show like no, like none like none other and notes that those between the ages of 11 and 18 will be performing um, and i quote come and cheer them on as they bring drag to your younger generation unbelievable the description reads the festival will also include a drag queen story hour and will host at least four different events with drag performers. The Pride Festival takes place September 9th through 11th, sponsored by several notable companies. Again, you just mentioned them all. Listen, we need to be protecting our children. My heart breaks for these children. When you have adults, the ones they're supposed to look to that give them, um, supposed to be protecting them, telling them that it's okay and, and pretending that it's okay. They're perverting the next generation, which again, the Bible says in the last days, there's going to be this massive perversion and corruption of immorality and lawlessness and all these things you know we were talking about. It just breaks my heart to see this, Greg. You want to rescue these kids. And I just, I think of God's heart. And uh, I know that God's allowing this to go on for the amount of time he's going to for his purposes. But I can't wait until God comes back and just takes care of this and makes it all right. Uh, Unbelievable. Very sad. Uh, You know, what's interesting here, and I know it's not necessarily germane to this particular event. But I think it's uh, worth noting here that this article goes on to say both Target and Wells Fargo have a history of supporting leftist activism. Uh, The Target Foundation has funded Race Forward, a George Soros-backed organization 
that hopes to permanently entrench critical race theory in the executive branch by staffing it with woke activist bureaucrats. And that's exactly what we've been seeing, what we currently see in this uh, current installed administration. Yeah. Yeah. And it's only getting worse. Yeah. And I guess, like I said, I, I, the thing that keeps shocking me about this, Greg, and I guess at this point, I, I don't know that much does, is yeah. how open and in your face it is. Nobody's hiding this stuff anymore. I mean, stuff that used to, that people used to claim, for example, were conspiracy theories. They're now doing it out in the open. And so they're really kind of, you know, for those people out there that are pushing a lot of conspiracy theories, they're really helping them because they're doing everything that these people have been accusing them of right out in the open. And you go, Oh my goodness, this is coordinated. It is focused. It is on purpose. They're trying to corrupt the next generation. They're trying to ruin our kids. And we know, look, I know that it's Satan behind it. You know that. We know that. This goes much higher than men. This is not these people. This is demonic, but they're being used by the enemy to do it, and we're watching it take place. Again, even as the Lord said what happened in the last days, Lord Jesus, come quickly is all I can say. Come back. Absolutely. Come back. Uh, You're listening to Signs of the Times. It's our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news for Friday September 16th, 2022. This is episode 233 of our podcast. If you're listening live online or later on in the podcast, we appreciate you doing so. And we continue on in our pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption category uh, by visiting NBC News, where we see at least four dead after a 7.6 magnitude earthquake. Of course, that was dated September 11th. That was five days ago. Right. Uh, so that we could have new uh, yeah. information out here shaking Papua New Guinea. And also, too, just not, I don't know if it was yesterday or day before, Mark. I can't remember. Uh, my hometown of Santa Rosa, California experienced almost a 5.0 uh, earthquake uh, in that area. And that's the area that's been inundated with fires and whatnot there in Northern California. So anyway, uh, but again, you know, it's a global thing. It is. And, and, And it's good to keep pointing these out, Greg. I think we get so used to seeing these big earthquakes that we don't, again, pay as much attention as we used to. But the reality is... Yeah. This is new. Again, this is new to the last hundred years of it being this many earthquakes, yeah. and really even the last 50 years. Uh, w- we used to see, I mean, one major earthquake this size every hundred years. Think about that. You'd have a 7.6 or 8, 8.0, I think maybe 8 up or whatever, once every hundred years, and maybe a 7 or something, maybe a couple of times. That's every hundred years. Now we're seeing these these happen on a regular basis. I mean, we have you'll have a hundred in 10 years of these. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So it says at least four people dead. You're, you're right. It could be, yeah. more, could be uh, more from Papua New Guinea in this earthquake. The quake happened around 946 on Sunday. Epicenter about 41 miles east of, uh, of Papua New Guinea's highlands. One person died in a landslide. Again, it goes and lists these others. But again, this is all pointing, Greg, toward the, again, a major earthquake that's going to be hitting soon in Israel. That's going to be wiping out a major portion of the city after the rapture of the church. And then another massive earthquake, like the world's never seen when the Lord comes back, where it's going to just level all the mountains. So imagine, this is building up. Now, these are, these are little compared to what's coming. Um, and so it's going to be massive. I think the Bible says some 10,000 people killed uh, at this one that happens in Israel when that takes place at the one moment you know and and then i think about the numbers that'll be uh, destroyed the earth when the lord comes back you know it just again um we have there are a lot of dramatic things to happen leading up to the lord and him taking over and um this is just the 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 headwinds as we always say of that you know this is a much more notable uh contraction yes you know when we think about birth pangs we think that's a physical event right uh we know that the bible says that the earth groans waiting for the lord's return that's right and so 
earthquakes is a very tangible representation of what the Bible is saying there. That's right. And a lot of other times we're talking about social issues or or more spiritually led issues, if you yeah. will, that are part of those contractions. Yeah. But we can't forget the actual physical contractions as That's well. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. The Blaze is reporting that the Customs Border Protection Agency, whatever they call themselves now, has seized uh, $11.9 million uh, worth of meth, the largest bust at this port of entry in Texas. Yeah, again, it just we just talked about all the drug problems that we're having here where the government's even giving them the drug stations. Yeah. Now we're, you know, this they seize this. But why again, are we see uh, you know that's what I don't understand. Why are we why is the government bothering seizing drugs when they want to put up kiosks that encourage people to continue like it's like the when you go to the airport and that kiosk where you can get the the vending machine of the accessories for your iPhone like chargers and cases and all that. I mean that's essentially what we're talking about. The border's the vendor. Wow. The border's the vendor. They take this stuff in. I'm not going to say they take it and put it back in these programs we're talking about right now, but I mean the reality is they know it's coming in. They're going to use it. It says the secondary inspection covered 320 packages containing 1,337 pounds of alleged methamphetamine. Customs and Border Protection estimated a street value of $11.9 million. And I quote, this is a massive seizure of, of methamphetamine. Uh, it is the largest in the history of the port. Yeah. And that's, Del, is that Del Rio? Uh, uh, in Texas? Yes. Uh, give me a second here. I don't know that it says in the article. In mine, I, I, I cut it down to read just the, uh, the Del, juicy parts. Uh, yeah, it's the Del Rio okay. Port of Entry. I, yeah, I yeah. cut that out of my okay. Yes, that's where it is. So maybe you'll say when I read this. But the massive seizure, a seizure in Losis, um, the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement uh, special agents are currently examining the narcotics that were seized. Again, last week's record-breaking bust far surpassed all seizures at the Port of Entry in 2021 fiscal year. From October 2020 to uh, September 2021, the Del Rio sector, there it is, reportedly conducting 79 searches and resulted in confiscation of 255 pounds of meth. So, look, they know the borders are, are the, uh, the borders are open here. Of course, that's Del Rio. They're bringing in what they can. They know yeah. they've got a much greater chance of getting in the end. And once again, Greg, it plays right into the line of the last days pharmacia. There's this influx of just drugging up the world. I think about Satan, drug the world up, and they're easier to control. Yeah. And, you know, you think about it, you know, they, they just seized $11.9 million, but how much is getting across the border? Yeah, that's the thing. That's not getting caught. That's the thing. I mean, I just, I, you, know, you hear all kinds of crazy things they do. I mean, where that they try makes to... It, you know, it almost makes it sound, Pastor Mark, like, like oh, like we've, we've ebbed the flow yeah. or the yeah, tide of this stuff. Yeah, we put a dent in it. No. Yeah. No, it's it's free flow drugs, and um, it's just I mean it's we're so it, we're so far down the line. Unless God sends revival, America is doomed uh, pretty clearly. We don't know how long God's going to give us, but unless there's revival, Greg, there's there's no hope. That's yeah. just the truth. Uh, our last article in this category uh, is another example, I guess you could say, of a uh, physical contraction. Uh, there are uh, these are the four largest fires currently burning in the western U.S. I guess this article here from the Hill is going to tell us about. Yeah, again, you see, we t- you, you talked about this, Craig, already, and that is uh, the earth groaning. Yeah. We're going to see more of the earth groaning, and so notice this extreme weather conditions across the Northwest, including triple digit temperatures. Drought and high winds have led to dozens of notable wildfires, four identified on Sunday alone. Nationally, more than 90 active wildfires have consumed 814,000 acres so far, and just four are considered um, contained. Uh, Asian, uh, agencies in seven western states, California, Idaho, 
Montana, Washington, Oregon, Utah, and Wyoming are currently battling the large fires. Let me this just the four main ones. The Double Creek Fire, it's near Oregon's northern border with Idaho, it has engulfed more than 155,000 acres. The Moose Fire is Idaho's Moose Creek Fire in Salmon Chalice National Forest. At least 33 large fires in the state have burned since July 17th, growing to nearly 126,000 acres. Uh, the state's active fires have engulfed a total of 248,000 acres thus far. The Cedar Creek Fire uh, near uh, Oak Ridge, Oregon, 40 miles south of Eugene, began August 1st, has now taken 86,000 Acres and the Mosquito Fire, North California's Mosquito Fire, 47,000 acres in the first six days, consuming more than 3,000 acres in the past day alone. Now, those are big fires. There's a lot of stuff going on. But, Greg, we talk about in, in the Great Tribulation, the, the majority of the Earth's greenery is going to burn up. I mean, it's going to just like there's going to be fires all over the world burning. And you talk about you know, people worried about the environment and the atmosphere. It's going to be so polluted. And I think that as well as probably volcanic eruptions, because of all that will be happening with the gurgling and the groaning of the earth, yeah. you're going to see the atmosphere so polluted that probably and then the battles and wars going to come into play with when we see the uh, a third of the sun uh, darkened, a third of the moon darkened and all this, you know, where it looks like blood and all that. I think you're going to see that coming into play. And, um, you know, this is just, again, precursors to the real deal that's coming down the road. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's uh, shift our attention to the church. And this is a study that uh, Fox News is reporting on, uh, that Christianity is quickly diminishing in the United States and on pace to become a minority religion in decades. Now, I mean, mean, the article says by 2045, but, you know, Still, this is just the continual decline of what we've been chronicling on this program. Yeah, yeah. I would be shocked if we made it to 2045. I was going to say, yeah. I mean, you know, Greg, the reality is, you know, if we look back, there's so many people that try to rewrite history and say that America was not a Christian nation. America was founded on the Bible. Uh, our very constitution came from the Bible. I mean, the very, the whole lineup, you know, uh, lawgiver, judge, and king out of Isaiah 33. That's where we get our three branches of government, according to our founding fathers in their own documents. We, uh, you know, when the Mayflower, when they came over, they tried to use a, a socialistic system. Uh, you look at William Bradford's writings, they did that. They said they did a socialistic where they were all going to put it together and all work together, and they all started starving to death and going broke. And finally he said, all right, look, we're going to die. Everybody just, every man for himself, try to live. And as they did that, they all began to live and do their own and keep their own, and they began to thrive. And it basically was kind of this beginning model of capitalism. Not that capitalism is the best, because Jesus Christ will be the best. Yeah. But but socialism has always failed. Communism has always become a dictatorship. Capitalism has been the only one of the three that has had any kind of freedom. And again, so America established as a Christian nation, which makes it all the more grievous when you see what's happening. You know, you go and visit some of these places where our founding fathers were, and you read about what they said and what they did. And people love to grab on the fact that about their sins. Yes, they had slaves, all these things. I'm not taking yeah. up for any of them. Absolutely. Uh, but, but because they had sins doesn't mean that they weren't truly honoring God. And then when they figured out it was wrong, that's how they were raised. And then once they raised, they were like, wait a minute. We were raised this way, so we thought it was okay. But now we see that it's sin and that it's evil and that it's wrong. We repent, and we repented as a nation. You know, that's an interesting point that you bring up, and it really highlights the issue of culture over christ right and that is the illustration that you just gave is a group of people in a in a time in history that believed that something was right 
because that's how they were raised right. to believe. That's right. And then people didn't make started. It, right. it was wrong. We know right, that. Yeah. Right. And then people started studying their Bibles. Yeah. And started seeing that the word of God was saying something contrary to what the culture was telling them. That's right. That what, how they were raised was telling them. And then they had to make the bold and brave decision yes. to stand up against the culture yes. and against that and stand for what God's word said. Yes. And it took probably, I think, about 100 years or 50 years or yep. whatever it was from the time that they started first passing laws that we went through the Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. To abolish slavery. Now, that didn't change the heart of man in terms of prejudices and hatred and things like that. Right. But in terms of a government. Yes. You agree? That's such a great point. It took courageous leaders to make a stand before everybody else could see what was going on. And you know what? We have the same thing today. Look at our culture. Look at our society. Look at how evil we're becoming. It's going to take courageous men and women in the body of Christ to stand up and say, this is wrong, and I may be hated by saying this, and I may not grow a church by saying this, but this is wrong. We're going to stand against it. And that's it's it's the boldness is contagious, and righteousness God rewards. So, yes, you may suffer for that, but I think about that. You're exactly right. The founding fathers that finally came to their senses and said, this is wrong, they started making a stand, and eventually got abolished. I want to encourage the church to do the same thing. We need to make a stand against the evil we're seeing today. And even as we were able to abolish and repent of slavery, we need to be able to abolish and repent of our sin before God right now as a nation. That's such a great point, Greg. Yeah. Well, and also, too, I want to just encourage our listeners. All the more reason why we need to be reading our Bibles every day. We we need to be listening to Bible teachers right. every day. Right. You know, I I often think about, uh, uh, I think it was Philip, uh, you know, he comes across the eunuch in his chariot uh, reading from Isaiah, mm-hmm. um, and and he's like, he's reading it, but he doesn't really understand it, and Philip pops up on the chariot and starts sharing with him right. what it means, yeah. and that's, that's where pastors come in, that's where teachers come in, is to help us understand some things, because the Bible's manifold. The Bible is like an onion. And as a matter of fact, I, I, I'll put a plug in for, and we're just, matter of fact, we've only got one more Wednesday uh, in the book of Isaiah and our Through the Bible series here Wednesday night at Calvary Chapel. But I'll tell you what, the book of Isaiah is just unbelievably impacting. Yes, it is. It, it, and, and like you said at the very beginning of it, it's the, it's the Bible within the Bible. It is. And it is so true. I'll tell you what, if you think, if you're discounting the Old Testament in any way, shape, or form, you're wrong. That's right. You, That's you, right. You just are. And you can go back and listen to our, our, to our Absolutely. teaching through Isaiah. Absolutely. It's online. It. Yeah, go at get the it. You know, or, or, or anybody teaching through Isaiah. Absolutely. It's just, it's, it's fantastic. So this is just another plug to continue to study the Bible because the Bible's going to speak against things like what we just talked about earlier with George Soros and wanting to continue to promote critical race theory. That's right. Totally anti-biblical. That's right. That's right. Slavery. Yeah. Even, even and the Bible talks about slavery and different types of slavery that were allowable and not allowable. Go ahead. You know, Greg, it's yeah. interesting because we know that Satan is, is the great enslaver. He's the one that yes, enslaves us to sin. The Bible says if you sin, you're a slave to you're it. A slave Jesus to it. said yes. that. And we see that the whole spirit behind slavery, even with our founding fathers, that spirit of that culture, that was, that was no doubt satanic. 
And now you see this thing, even with the World Economic Forum and what they're wanting to do, they're wanting to enslave people. They want to take over and basically enslave the population through drugs, video games, do whatever. It's the same spirit. It is Satan. Through through controlling. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it brings me back to the Bible verse where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's freedom. That's right. Anyway. Exact opposite. So so we're seeing a lot of freedom being lost in our world. So it's a telltale sign of uh, who's being allowed to control things. That's right. All right, let's get to our last article before we get to our listener questions for the week. Hey, finally, some good news. This is from Israel 365 News, a historic first. Uh, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is apparently going to try to require teaching the Hebrew Bible in Florida's public schools. Yeah, this is pretty wild. I mean, uh, again, in an August 27th speech at the National Women's Conference, Lori Cardoza Moore, head of um, head of announced head of announced that she that doesn't make sense to me. There's a typo here in this article, uh, but announced that she was working with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to make his state the first to teach the Hebrew Bible, um, a requirement in civics and um, in the Florida public schools. And I quote: "They will learn about the Hebrew Bible and the role it played in the founding of our nation." Cardoza Moore explained, "They will learn about the Hebrew Bible and the role." In drafting the founding documents, they will learn about the Hebrew Bible and the role it played in the structure of our form of government. We just talked about this. This this really lines up perfectly yes. with what we just discussed. Our nation was founded on the Bible, the Torah, they say, which again, the Old Testament, which it was. And Florida is the only state in the nation now that is teaching what God commands us to teach our children. She said, you know, Florida is knocking it out of the ballpark. I mean, right now, Florida is just, they're, they're humming on all cylinders. They're making a stand against a lot of this just nonsense stuff in the culture. Uh, they're getting us back to our roots. You just think, is it enough? Is it in time? There's too much. It's like this one state, you know, in the whole nation. But I know others are doing some things that are good. But good for these guys in getting back to the Bible and not being afraid to mention the Bible and talk about our founding fathers. You know, and that's a, a good admonition that clearly Ron DeSantis, in the face of everything that's going on in this country, has not grown weary from doing good. Yeah, he seems to be getting stronger. I mean, I, he doesn't seem to be tired to me. He seems to be bolder. And so it's almost like you see, you know, maybe God's hand on him, strengthening him for yeah. this very call. You yeah. know, we talk about for such a time as this. Yes. Maybe that's Ron DeSantis for yeah. such a time as this, you know. You know, and a good encouragement for us too, Pastor Mark, is that, you know, it, when God's called us to do something, he has called us to do something. And it's independent of what we see in front of us or around us. Right. We just need to be faithful to fulfill that call, regardless of regardless of what our emotions are telling us. Right. You know, well, why should I bother? I mean, look at the news right. or look at this. Look at God didn't say to look at the news and then make a determination if you should do what I told you to do. That's right. Just do it. That's Trust right. me with the results. Trust me with the seed planting. Yeah. And yeah. leave the rest. And I think Ron DeSantis in what he's doing in, in the political arena is the worst. You know, when you think about trying to do good in that climate, in a political climate, and yet he's doing it, you know, and and guys like that, like the Bible says, 
you know, my face has been set like flint. No kidding. You, you've got You have to. You have the backbone. Yes. I think about, Greg, think about the pressure of being in that kind of position, not just because already just being a governor right, yeah. of a large state. Right. But then the rest of the nation, or a big part of the nation coming down on you, or at least 50% of it coming down on you, and then the world coming down on you and everybody hating you. You've got to have <laughs> fortitude. You've got to have a backbone. You've got to say, I know what I believe, and here's where I'm going, and so who wants to go with me? Man, I, I really appreciate men like that. I could use more of that fortitude. I want to have that. I can't imagine. I'm, I'm going to assume that he's a Christian. Where, he is. Okay. Because, is. because where else are you going to get the... You cannot muster that kind of strength in your own flesh. I'm yeah, sorry. I, I, you, you just know, can't. You, you, if you don't have the fear of God in you... The fear of man is going to be overwhelming. Yeah, but I, I don't know. You, you look at some personalities, Greg. Well, uh, I mean, there there are those that you know that you see certain leaders that just they're so bold in what they do, and you look at the life, and you go, man, does that really does that guy really know the Lord? Yeah. I don't know. It seems to be almost a okay. There's two things I think that happens. One is just what you said. It yeah. has to be a God given just you know boldness, and we need to be praying for that boldness. But then there is um, you know also just this these personalities that man they just they just do it. Yeah. They stand and they do it. So either way, whichever one he is. But he is. God prof- can use it all. He is a professed believer, and I believe, okay. I believe indeed that he is. Okay. Well, good Good for him. Yes. And that's a great good news story. We have got a couple of listener questions this week, Pastor Mark. Our first one comes from Lauren, who enjoys Signs of the Times in Virginia. And she asks, will there be any type of big revival before Jesus returns, or are people falling away as the Bible talks about simply a sign of yeah. his return? Yeah, great question, Lauren. And I'm going to give you a quick answer and then we'll kind of I'll talk about it for a moment. We really don't know. The Bible just doesn't tell us whether or not there's going to be a revival, um, whether or not there's going to be an outpouring of the Spirit, or whether or not it's just going to get worse. And we know that, that the world's going to get worse and worse. That's going to happen. We're going to march toward that final judgment day of the Lord. Um, but it doesn't tell us whether or not God will give some type of reprieve in the middle of it. Now, America has been a light for many years for the nations. And America is kind of the last major, major nation holdout for righteousness. And we're, as you can see, we're falling apart. My question is, I hope so. I want to say I hope so. But my question is, is God going to leave a light shining brightly for the world up until the rapture? If God's going to leave a light shining brightly for the world up until the rapture, I think that we could see a last day's revival because you're going to need it. There's going to have to be that. But if there's not going to be that bright light shining all the way, it's just going to be, you know, whatever, then we don't know. What did the Lord say? He said, when the, when the, when the Son of Man comes back, will he find faith on the earth? So he's, he's basically indicating you're not going to see a lot of faith. Uh, we know there's going to be, obviously, believers at the rapture, and we know there'll be other believers uh, during the Great Tribulation that get saved. But, um, yeah, I, I don't. I, there's no better answer I know to give you. The Bible just doesn't lay it. I've heard some people try to use certain scriptures, Greg, to I was going to say, is it either in Joel or Amos that talks about well, a revival? Does. Well, here's what it says, and people try to use that. But let me tell you why that's not really... Um, applicable legitimate yeah okay. it talks about in the last days god will pour out his spirit on all flesh and so what they say is well that means there's going to be a great revival in the last days but what you have to understand in the context is that began at the cross mm. the last days biblically by, yes, from a theological yeah. viewpoint it began at the cross as a matter of fact peter said that it was happening when he was giving that speech where the three thousand got saved he said this is that which is spoken about joel the prophet so we see that it mm. already had begun 
And what now what you're seeing is you're seeing this continual outpouring of the Spirit from time to time throughout church history. So it's not something that's been that you can relegate to the very end and then it happens. No, it started right after the cross, right there with Peter. Peter said you're it's happening right now, and it's carried on in all these revivals that we've seen, so it will continue on. The question is Will there be another revival like that at the very end? We just don't know, but man, I sure hope so. Yeah. I, you know, Greg, I see indications. You know, I'm, I'm not one to say, yes, there's going to be revival. But I'll tell you what, this next generation coming up, some of these young kids, they love the Lord and they have a hunger for God's word, and I'm watching them really go for it. I, I wonder, and it's not just here. I'm watching it happen at Calvary Chapel, Knoxville, but it's not just here. I was speaking to another pastor the other day that said it's happening at his fellowship. There's mm. this other Baptist pastor or something I was talking to. So, it's across the board. You're seeing this move of God in the spirit of the youth. And so I think maybe we could see something. I wish I could say yes, but I can't. But either way, I think we are. I, I think there's some hope here. Well, that's an encouraging sign, especially when you think about uh, today's youth and how they need to be reached. Yeah. You know, and uh, a lot of that reaching is going to be through one on one relationships. That's right. And sending these kids out into the world in that sense to to share the gospel. That's right. With people of their own peer group. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so let's pray for that. Yeah, Again, remember, be praying. Yeah, uh, for that revival, Lord, and that'd be great if we had one. I certainly hope that we will. Yeah. All right. Our next question, Pastor Mark, comes from Hannah, who enjoys Signs of the Times just south of us here in Maryville. Uh, and her question is about paradise or heaven. She says in the Bible, it says that Enosh walked with God, and according to Jesus, no man has seen the face of God. Right. Which means that Enosh walked with Jesus. From Sunday's sermon, and she's referring to your sermon this past Sunday yes. here at Calvary Knoxville, all the believers who died went to paradise prior to Jesus' resurrection. So my question is, did Enosh go to paradise or heaven? And the same question for Elijah. Yeah, These are great, thoughtful yeah, questions. And you absolutely. know, whenever you do that line by line, verse by verse, these kind of thoughtful questions pop up. They pop up. They're great questions. And um, the answer is here, well, first of all, you kind of answer it yourself. But if you look at it, the Bible says that until Jesus Christ, and I'm going to add to that, until Jesus Christ died on the cross, no one was able to go to what we call heaven or the third heaven, um, maybe a vision, maybe something like that. But you couldn't go. Why? Jesus is the door. He said, I am the door. No one goes to the Father except by me. And then when the Lord walked on the earth, he said, no one has seen the Father except the Son. And, of course, we know the angels that were there, so they've seen the Father. Um, so the question is, well, where did they go? That's a great question. And then, of course, this goes back to what we shared on Sunday. And these are for our listeners who weren't with us on Sunday. We talked about Jesus on the cross and speaking to the man on the cross when he got saved. The man on the cross you know, said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the Lord said, today you will be with me in paradise. Well, the Bible tells us Jesus didn't ascend to heaven himself until another over 40 days later. So until Jesus went back and led captivity captive and took everybody with him, nobody could go to heaven. So the question is, did anybody go to heaven? First of all, the answer is no, they didn't go to heaven because you couldn't get in until Jesus Christ died on the cross and he himself ascended back to heaven. So where did Enoch uh, go? Where did Elijah go? They went to this paradise that the Lord talked to um, the man on the cross, the thief on the cross about. And the Lord reveals to us, it appears to be this supernatural paradise that was in the center of the earth. The Lord said, I'll descend to the heart of the earth when I die, three days and three nights. And so when he told the man on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise, that means the man went with him. 
And that apparently is where all the believers went prior to the cross. They were very much alive. It was a supernaturally protected paradise. We see in Luke 16, a kind of a behind the scenes of that with Abraham uh, down there. And we see uh, the rich man and Lazarus. Remember, the rich man died and Lazarus died. They went down to this. They went to paradise. They called it Abraham's bosom. Abraham was there. And we see that whole scene there in Luke 16 that the Lord talks about. And so it would appear that Elijah and Enoch and all the Old Testament believers were there. Then when Jesus descended to the heart of the earth, um, I know it doesn't sound like a paradise there, but the Lord could make it a paradise because he's God. And when they descended to the heart of the earth, he led captivity captive. Ephesians chapter 4, that is, he got them out of there. He grabbed them, they were captive, he took them out of there, and then he brought them back up with him, and they ascended and went back at that point when he did, back up to heaven. So, um, yeah, it's kind of a wild thing. You don't hear taught about a lot, but again, it's, it's, it's what the scriptures lay out. So like for Elijah, for example, as Elisha watches him being caught up. How did that work? You know, and, and, and I'm trying to remember because I'd have to go back to the scriptures to see for myself. Did the Bible give any indication that he was caught up into heaven or that he, how did that whole thing work? Yeah, that's a great question. It says he was caught up in the clouds. Okay. So not heaven, but here's what okay, happened. The clouds. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you know, he couldn't slam into the earth in his body, boom, and then go down there, right? So his spirit had to be removed from his earthly body. So the Lord took him up. When he went in the clouds, they couldn't see him. It would appear the Lord took his spirit, took it to paradise, and and then I believe buried his body because it was considered a curse not to have your body buried. And exactly. Be so God yes. would have honored Elijah. Yes. God would have buried his body. And that's interesting. Which because, we think is close to Moses. Yes. Yes. Uh, for another, a whole other study on that yeah, one at yeah, a yeah. time. <laughs> but uh, yeah. because that's the same area that God buried Moses. Yeah. And that's interesting. The Moses, so I will touch on it quickly. It's the sure. same area that God buried Moses. And it would appear that God took his body and buried it somewhere there. Remember the, uh, the, the prophets that saw this happen. They knew that he went up uh, in the clouds because Elisha told him, they said, let us go find him. Let us find his body. Right. Because they wanted to bury him. So they went out for three days and he was like, you're not going to find his body, but go ahead. They never did find his body. They came back. So it would appear that God took his body and God buried his body. And that's exactly the same region where Moses was buried. And here you've got Moses and Elijah, I believe, buried there in the same area. And Greg, I believe those are the two witnesses in the last days. I believe Moses and Elijah are going to be the two witnesses. And I believe God put them there. God protected them supernaturally. I believe their bodies are still intact there. This is my theory, Mark's sure. theory. Yeah. I believe that their spirit is going to re-enter their bodies at the right time. They're going to come out of those tombs. Again, this could be a great Hollywood movie. They're going to go <laughs> totally. back. And I believe they're going to come to the, the Jordan. It's going to split. Yeah, I, you know, Maybe not, but I'm picturing this whole thing. Sure. They're Moses and Elijah, right? They walk across on dry land. They go up to Jerusalem. Everybody's going to see and go, these are supernatural prophets. They'll go up there for three and a half years. They'll do their prophecies and all that. Uh, and then the Lord comes back. So I, I, um, you know, I think that's what's going to happen. But again, this kind of question brings that kind of stuff out. Yeah. This is a great question and one that unless you really look at the scripture in depth, it doesn't make any sense. Those are great questions. And if you've got a question like Hannah or Laura, uh, we encourage you to go to thewaymedia.net or download the Way Media app and then click on Signs of the Times and you'll see right there where you can ask Pastor Mark your prophecy question. You know, question for you, Pastor Mark, yes. with the two witnesses real quickly for the time that we have left, just out of curiosity, because I don't think the Bible tells us, so I think this would maybe be conjecture on your part. Right. Do you think that they will be dressed as they were when they were alive? I do. And, I do. and and do you believe that God has supernaturally preserved 
the clothing that they were wearing that they will wear for those two years that there are two and a half years that they're or no three and a half years yes. i'm sorry that they'll be on the earth i believe again. that greg remember when they traveled through the wilderness he protected their clothes he protected yeah. their sandals that's they true didn't for 40 out. years now we're finding things in caves that are preserved because it's so dry and all that of course god can supernaturally do sure. it so there's even a natural way you could do it but i think supernatural yes i think they're going to come out <laughs> moses wearing his garb i think i think Elijah's going to come out with the beard and the wrap and the whole thing and i think that's that's what's going to draw the world's attention who are these guys? What are they doing? Where do they come from? These miracles. They're calling down for they're doing all these things and the world's freaking out. I think it's going to be quite the show. I'm glad we're not going to be here to see it. I'm glad we're going to be in heaven watching it from there. From there, uh, yes. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, if you if you were here, what an amazing thing to watch as these guys do their ministry and fulfill their ministries here on the earth. It's just truly amazing. Uh, you know, to watch that. I, I just, again, I can't wait. I'm excited about seeing a lot of the end times events unfold. I'm excited about the Lord, but I'm excited about watching it all happen. And you talk about two guys that are going to have their face set like Flint yeah, for absolutely. three and a half years. Yeah. The whole world hating them. Trying they, to kill them. Trying to kill them. They can't. And continuing to preach the gospel yeah. to the world. Yeah. But they're like, you know, they're like the Arnold Schwarzeneggers from the movies. You know, they're going to be like you also, they're going to be knocking people. We're doing yes. it. You can't stop us. And so, and so again, it's just going to be great as they preach the gospel. And again, so give me your best Arnold. They'll be back. I'll be back. Right. That wasn't a good Arnold. Oh, I'm sorry. No, they'll be back. Oh, the, it, they'll be back. Yes. There we go. <laughs> Pastor Mark, thank you folks. Thanks for listening. Don't forget the waymedia.net for all things signs of the times related and enjoy our other content that we provide out there for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And speaking of week, we will be back in one week with more Signs of the Times right here on WIAM.